Can everybody read that? Are you mad at God? Are you mad at God? Get over it. <laughs> That's not what it says in here. <laughs> Isn't that what they tell you? Get over it. Right. Build a bridge. Get over it. Anyway, I guess the reason I'm kind of doing pretty good health-wise is because I, I do a lot outdoors. I'm outdoor a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but I do spend a lot of time on the porch. You hear that way? Huh? You said, why didn't you say that while Judy? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I may be, uh, what is it? I'm, I may be crazy but not a fool. Or stupid. Yeah, I'm crazy but not stupid. <laughs> okay, uh, we're going to be looking in Proverbs some. And Kim, did you get my list there I had? I did. Okay. Did you want to go to John first? Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll go to John first. Uh, want to look at some of the proverbs, and, and you'll understand when I say what I said exactly a while ago. So. Okay, now this is going to be part of my message. For Saturday also, and uh, this is encouraging right here. If if you truly believe God's word and you're truly born again Christians, you can take this right here. So let not your hearts be troubled. What? Okay. In my Father's house. Are okay. Now, there's Bibles that say rooms. You take. If God, Jesus says, I go to the place for you where I am, you shall be there also. Mansions, people say, oh, it's just a room or whatever that God's made for you. You could take the finest home in this earth and be a shack for what God's got for you. <coughs> you take the best, finest home there is. And I, these people say, well, it's just a room. No, God's bigger God than that. Uh, how many members, oh, sometime back I did a, a, a message on the, the size of the New Jerusalem. 1,500 miles cubed. 1,500 across, 1,500 deep, 1,500 miles high. I figured it up one time and uh, done, I think it's 10 foot ceilings and, and laid it all out and how many people you could put in uh, and how big rooms could be and for what you know, tremendous amount of people, whatever. Uh, no, it's, it'll be a mansion. They uh, they can say, they can have a room. How many know that uh, there's a song about, give me a little house on the hillside or something in heaven? How many remember, there's a song similar to that. Yeah, we got one, build me a cabin. There you go, there you go. But uh, that's not gonna, the Lord, he's, he's far better than that. Uh, when we get to heaven, so, okay. Let's see, let me go. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I'd go to prepare a place for you. And see, that's what we're going to talk about Saturday. Uh, for Jesus went to prepare a place for Barbara. Right. So when when she left this earth, she went to be with him. He had a place already for her. Mm -hmm. Place already prepared. Mm -hmm. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again 
and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know. In other words, I'm going, you know where I'm going. That's what Jesus is saying. And the way you know, and then Thomas said, Oh, but said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest. And how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way. I am the light and the way comes to the Father. No one can come to the Father. Okay. I'd like to change this right here. No one. Yeah. And there's so many places in the Bible, and uh, many places in the Bible where the word man has been added, and probably just say a lot of that. And we'll look at that. But no one. No mankind. If they said mankind, it would been fine. And it should have been translated. Uh, well, we know this is probably a 1611 translation uh, of the Bible. And we know that in 1611, uh, women weren't spoke of much. In the Islam faith, uh, Muslim faith, a woman is one step above a dog. Think about that. You better thank God for America. Now, women women had a hard time in, in the United States. When, when, when was it given to the women the right to vote? It was in the 1900s. I can't remember. Uh, any teachers in any teachers in this school uh, in this building of those? Uh, <laughs> I can't remember. If you don't use it, you lose it. And I, we learned all that in school. But uh, yeah, it's a uh, but the United States went through a, a time period too. Well, many churches today still, there's no, uh, not, one's not allowed to say anything as far as like Judy just did. No, no women could be pastors, no one could be over a church. Uh, there's some that still follow that tradition. Uh, but the Lord said, in, you know, it said in the last days, I pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Is a woman flesh, absolutely. You know, even though in the Old Testament, the first judges is Deborah. Yeah. As a woman. And, and see, if you go back to the women of the Bible, I think Jesus never did enough. Yeah, and, and then when the Lord Jesus raised from the dead, the first thing he showed himself to a woman. To a woman, yeah. So I don't understand why the back then, they dissuaded women. If a man's thing. In the biblical yeah. way, woman well, is the first one. When you look at the Pharisees, it's the Pharisees have set up a lot of this stuff. And, uh, like I said, uh, in some <coughs> religions today, a woman is just a shade above a dog. And, and many of the women are treated like dogs by the husbands of that time. But no, uh, I, there's a, I think you just got the book, The Women of the Bible. And it talks about how many, how important women were of the Bible. Well, when the angel came to Mary, and told her that she would be conceived by the Holy Spirit. He didn't go to Joseph. When did when did the angel speak to Joseph? After when he was getting ready to put Mary away, he secretly put her away, divorce her in a sense. It wasn't uh, Mary in a sense, but at that time, whenever you became engaged, basically you were same as Mary. But anyway, uh, so no, there's many places in, in the Bible that. Uh, women 
women of the Bible, like you said, the judge, mm -hmm. first judges yeah, and stuff yeah. women. And, uh, so we can't put any, we don't ever want to think that a woman's not as important to God as a man is important to God. And men think that. It's kind of sad so many men think that they're more important than women is. And that's not, not so. But I also said, uh, behind every man, a successful man is a what? A good woman. And behind every failure of a man is a bad woman. Yeah. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> I had to add that one time. That, uh, I, I didn't get a good response from that. <laughs> so, okay. We're going to walk through Proverbs a little bit. being Father's Day. And, uh, there's a lot in Proverbs that speaks to the father and uh, to the sons. So let's go to Proverbs chapter 1. My son. Now, would a daughter also be included in this? Yes. I, I, I would, I kind of like saying, my child, here's the instructions of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. For what? They shall be what? An ornament of grace unto thy head. And what? Change thy neck. What's that mean? Change thy neck. Ornament unto the head. What's it mean? It does. See, we think it as a burden. We, but we think it as a burden to a child. It's not. It's something that's very precious that you would hang around your neck. Uh, how many here has a necklace made with a cross on it? See, that's that's something important. Well, the same way with the instructions of, of the father and of the mother. It, it's important that you listen to, uh, basically, now I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of good fathers that aren't Christians. There's a lot of good fathers that aren't Christians. But the best father is a Christian. Because... Mm -hmm. They'll, you'll take God's word and, and use it to instruct your children in what God's word says. You, you understand what I'm saying? All right. There's a lot of good mothers who aren't Christians. But the best mother is a Christian. It follows God's word. Okay. Go ahead, Kim Mitchell. Thirteen twenty-four. I know. Yeah, you had to say because I, I wrote it down, but I don't remember all of them. All right, every one of them is in Proverbs. Okay. Uh, yeah, I see it's up there in the corner. Mm -hmm. He that spareth the rod, what? Hateth his child. Don't you think girls need a little spanking once in a while? No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got two granddaughters that want to be corrected, I guarantee you. <laughs> but, but he that loveth their child corrects, chastens them. What's it mean in be time? What's it mean? Be time. Anybody got a different translation? King James kind of is. It means early. Promptly. Uh, what? Promptly. Promptly, yes, early. Now, 
What age should a child be when you promptly correct them? Take a minute. From the beginning. Yes. <laughs> they there is how many how many of you ever had to change a diaper on a child and they wouldn't lay still? I mean you talked about maybe a month old, two months old, something like that, and they were squirming around. You just pop them a little bit. They they know then to lay still. You can teach them to lay still when they're very, very young and uh the law got involved. The, the things of this world of the United States, the law has got involved in families now where you can't correct your children without the threat of going to jail. They call it child abuse. Well, God's word says if you want to abuse your child, you don't correct them. And we'll look at the scriptures and say that. Because one says if you, if a person who, whoever loves their child will correct their child or chase them. That means, and, uh, and the King James says the rod. Now I just assume y'all not beat the child with the rod. <laughs> Let's switch this back. How many, how, many, uh, how many has used a fly swatter on their child? Yeah. What about the wooden spoon? Oh, boy, 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 boy. <laughs> and wooden spoon. Woo. Mom liked to switch. <laughs> oh. We put willow tree. Yeah. Mom, we had an old burrow outside the house. Finally, there was the switches got so high that we couldn't reach them. So we had to get our switch was, but they get high enough, we couldn't reach them. And, uh, but if you had six kids in the house, you better have some control. Or you'll have a house that's absolutely out of control. There'll be no peace in the home. You, you've got to do it. And uh, whenever the psychologists or whoever else tell what not to do, you go back to God's word and see what God's word says to do. Uh, the Lord says a child is fearfully and wonderfully made to be corrected. Right? I don't know of any child that does not need to be corrected. There, I, I, I have yet to meet one. Oh, there's a sweet little dog. <laughs> they can be. <laughs> And they can't be uh, Okay, next one, Kim. Everyone is in Proverbs. 15, 5. 15, okay. I, can, I can, can't hold to that, but I see it now what you're saying. Okay. A fool despises what? Their, let's put that, not his, but their father's instruction. But they that regardeth <coughs> reproof is what? <laughs> All right. What's your say there, Zach? Oh, um, a fool despises his father's instruction, but he who receives correction is prudent. Okay. In other words, those who receive the instruction of the father, correction of the father, is smart. Let's <coughs> put the word we understand. Mine says sensible. Sensible. There you go. <laughs> sensible. But, but, I mean, really, um, Dad, how many had a, a father that really didn't correct the children, left it up more to the mother? Dad was that way. Now, when Dad got involved, it was serious. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I could take the switch from Mom. And, uh, oh, I'd have whelps on my legs. I told Mom one time, I said, Mom, you've been in prison for life. You might have been on death row. If the law had gotten, it was like it is now. But, but you know, 
we are all better off. Our, our whole family <laughs> is better off because mom and dad corrected us. The only, I can remember the time that dad hit Woody, uh, my oldest brother. Woody stood up and talked my dad like a man. And dad hit him with a fist. And, and Woody said, oh, I didn't know you'd do that. Well, you're going to talk to my dad like a man, you're going to get treated like a man. You know? <laughs> but anyway, okay, next one. We're going to go through these pretty quick. 1918. Okay. Jason, what's that mean? Correct. Thy child, father is what? Hope. Is, is there a time when you lose hope in correcting your child? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And let not thy soul, what? Spare for his crime. What's that mean? I, I, I always like this one here. Well, it hurts me more than does you. <laughs> I, I say not the same way. <laughs> In other words, don't don't let the child crying deter you from doing what you need to do. How many how many's ever seen a child cry before you ever touched them? They knew it was coming. I've cried, was coming. I've cried many times yeah. after I had to spank my children. Yeah. Oh yeah. You just go somewhere else. I never I never enjoyed spanking my child, but I knew they had to have it. I'll tell you right now, uh, the prison's full of a lot of uh, young people, young men and women, who were not corrected. Mm -hmm. And the, the prisons are full. I, I go to prisons, and when I was going to move up regularly, and I meet with some of these young men over there, they they would come to me, and we'd sit and talk. we talked talk about God's Word. And they said, I wish my mom and my dad cared enough to correct me. And that's what God's Word said. If you love your child, you'll correct your child. You'll, you'll, you'll help them to live in a life in a society that they have to live in. Next one. 2011. Even a child is known by <laughs> his or their doings. Whether their work be pure, what's that mean? And whether it be right. Okay, let's get down to where we live. Now, how many, I don't need to show hands on this, have a, have a child that when you tell them or have them do something, they do it halfway? They're all Unless you do this. Now, I, I will tell you this. If a child, a small child is learning, Say they help you with the dishes. Don't get all upset if they don't do the dishes like you do. Right. I mean, they try. If they do the best they can, you don't chew them out. Same way as making a bed. If they, a child makes a bed and you're not real happy with it's done, if they've done the best they could for their age or whatever, then you, you just let it go. And when they've gone or whatever way, then you go in and straighten it up the way you want you understand what I'm saying? Right. You can't discourage a child from doing things when the, if they are doing it the best they can do. Because we know that children, little ones especially, can't make a bed like an adult can. You, I, I tell Jesus, wait till they leave or something. Don't, don't be, in a sense, discouraging them or embarrassing them because they don't do it to your standard. You gotta understand 
children will not do it to your standard. They need to do it the best they can. Mm -hmm. And as they grow older, they can get better at what they're doing. And that's, that's what God's saying, basically. Okay, next one. 2215. Okay. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Is that true? Yes. But the rod of <laughs> the, 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 the rod, you know, okay. Now, you, have you ever seen the Muslim men on news? They showed it where the Muslim men are whipping the women. You ever seen that on the street? If a Muslim a woman was found on the street without a, a brother or a, her husband or something by herself, they would take a rod and they had a rod and they would beat that woman. They still do it. But when God's word says it, he's not talking a rod as we think of a rod. It does mean a, a correction like a switch. Mom believed in the switch. She was very good at it. Okay. But the rod of correction shall drive what? What's it? Foolishness. The rod of correction will drive the foolishness from a child. Anytime I hear one of your children cry, babies, I'm going to say, quit beating that child. <laughs> Tease them. They all need to correct. Dana, do you correct your little one yet? Absolutely. I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. So, and they need it. And they're still going to throw a fit. They're still going to have a temper. And you got to work on that, too. Okay, next one. What, I got two or three more? Two, three? It's two. Well, this one has two. This is 23, okay. 13 through 15. Okay. Withhold not correction from the, the child. For if thou or thy, what beatest them <laughs> with a rod, they shall not die. <laughs> I can remember I don't know exactly where we was at. Uh, one of my nieces, Beverly, was taking one of them out of church. And I, as we were going out of church, I, I think, but I think it was Megan. But then he said, Mommy, don't beat me. No, Mommy, don't beat me. Mommy, don't beat me. We <laughs> dragged her out of church. <laughs> we used to babysit with some of the nieces, Judy did. We hurt everything. My brother, one time, his wife was in the bathroom, mad, and she locked the door. And Dave was on the outside beating on the door, said, I'm going to kick the door down or something like that. Well, they told Judy the whole episode of everything <laughs> took place. <laughs> Sometimes back here, they'll start saying things. We don't want to hear it. <laughs> we don't need to hear it. <laughs> they don't. Okay, shall not die. In other words, go to hell. That's, that's what it's meaning right there. So, thou shalt, uh, thou shalt bear them with the rod, or not beat them with the rod, I'm sorry. Thou, <laughs> well, you talk about going against what our law says today. Yeah, okay. Thou shalt beat them with, and correct is what it means, and shalt deliver them, the, or their soul, from hell. In other words, the rod of correction can help a person, a child come, to know Christ as their Savior. Mm -hmm. To help them not go to hell. A child left to themselves is, is, will go to hell. 
unless something happens, intervenes, someone uh, intervenes in that. There's many young men in prison we went to they received Christ as their Savior in prison, but they had no correction before they got to prison. <coughs> now, it's sad to say that some, when they get out of prison, uh, have nowhere to go, and they end up back in prison because they have no hope out here. I've talked to some, and, and they said, well, if I get out, the, a lot of times they'll do something to stay in. Just about time they get it to get out, they'll stay do something to stay in because they said, well, where am I going to go? I got no family to help me. Then I got no job. What am I going to do? I have no place to stay. I have nothing to eat. No family. Now, that child is in trouble right off the bat before they ever get out of prison because they'll end up back in prison. Years ago, what we were planning, we had that land left to us down in Texas. And, uh, well, four square messed around with it until we lost it. But anyway, we were planning because it was an oil-rich area. And uh, a church close to that oil area, their parking lot was within a 10-acre area of an oil well. And they got commission, a uh, percentage of the oil because it was under, the oil was draining from under their parking lot over to where the well was. Their average income was $73,000 a month for just having the parking lot close enough to an oil well. Well, we had 10 acres down in oil rich. I mean, the oil was coming to the top of the ground. So what we had planned to do with that was we had four acres here to start out with. Now, we wasn't, we do whatever was necessary for the building, church building. We wasn't planning on no big fancy church because it, it was going to be worth a million. We weren't planning on the church. We were looking at helping somebody with the problems they had. And one thing we had planned to do, we was going to have cottages out here, made uh, for for someone who's coming out of prison. You know, we was uh, we wasn't going to mix men and women together. Uh, mostly, we were going to plan on women taking care of the women and men with the men, having cottages out here that they could come to out of prison, help them find a job or get them trained into a skill that they would be able to do something once they come out of prison, so they have a life probably, I'd say 50 or 60% get out, come out of prison, have nowhere to go. They have no family to help them, support them. The one young man, he, he said, I'm going back to St. Louis. He said, I'll be in St. Louis, I'll be back in prison. He said, what am I gonna do? He said, to eat, I'll have to steal. Stop thinking about it. You're out on the street, you get hungry enough, you're gonna do something to get something to eat. And he didn't want, he didn't want that but he had nobody. And that's what our plans were for here. Well, like I said, four square messed it up. They wouldn't accept the land, it was left to them because of pollution. Well, down there in Denver County, we went down there. Where was it, 1,500 some mile round trip, wasn't it? Yeah, we went down and uh, we only stayed one night in, in the motel. We drove all the way down and back, 3,000 some miles, went down and looked at it. And they said, four square, we went down and went to the county there and, in the city and they said, well, there's no pollution regulations in this county because oil seeps to the top of the ground. In the city, we have uh, control of pollution for garbage and stuff like that. Well, we couldn't get the paperwork that Four Square wanted, so we lost it. We started paying taxes on it, on the land here, on that land down there. It was $17 and, and, and something a, a year, wasn't it, Larry, something like that? Mm -hmm. something, it wasn't worth hardly anything until the oil boom hit, 
And it increased in value 2,100% in one night. And we lost it because we were paying the taxes. This mother and family company wanted it. Uh, our, our 10 acres, they wanted it. And we didn't know anything about the law and stuff. We paid taxes from the church. We paid the taxes on it until we got the land to come into our name. In three years, we paid taxes illegally. The lawyers of this Martin company, which is a huge company, one family, they knew that we were breaking the law. They waited for three years and took it because we paid taxes illegally. So the land came up to the, whoever got it. More, more land was all the way around. Yeah, they had land all the way around. So we were land locked, but they couldn't keep you out of your land. But Alan Miskey, how many, how many members of Alan Miskey? He left that here. We still have two city lots down there somewhere. It's no city. The Katy Railroad was going down there. All the men that worked for the railroad, they invested into land down there. They already had city blocks laid out and the the railroad never went on through into Mexico. That's what it was doing right there. It bordered Mexico. It's right there on the border. The fact is that the border patrolled all them, patrolling the areas where we were at. But anyway, that was our hope that we could help those coming out of prison. You know, do you believe someone in prison can be saved? Yes. Do you believe that old things passed away in their life and all things become new? Yes. If somebody will give them a chance. But it takes Jesus Christ in their life to change that life that they can get the chance to help us improve themselves. But they, they got a hard road to go when they come out of prison. Unless some family or somebody's out there to help them. They've got to have help. How many, how many people would uh, hire the next con before we call I don't know many factories. I guarantee you, Amber and you eat one. How many places will? What chance they got? And they're not all bad. Someone has bad situations they live in and they ended up in prison. They're not all bad. I tell you, one of the biggest problems right now is drugs. The thing is, companies are missing out on big tax breaks for not hiring. Yeah. The yeah. Companies will get a tax break for. Yeah. Because when I worked at uh, York in San Antonio, they hired people out of prison because they got tax breaks. Sure. But the, the thing of this, not everyone coming out of prison is bad. What's the, what's the Lord say about us without Christ? Our heart is what? Desperately wicked. Without Jesus Christ in our life, we, you know, Paul said, if it wasn't for the grace of God, where would I be? There go I. Now, Paul was put in prison, not because of anything other than the gospel of Jesus Christ. But right now, today in America, it's coming to the point that we will be, well, how many look down upon us now because we're Christians? Whenever you receive Christ as your personal Savior, don't think it's going to be tiptoed through the tulips. Don't think you're going to have a bed of roses. Because Satan, first of all, Satan's going to come against you. But God will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus Christ, same yesterday, today, and forever. But we've got to stand up against 
to witness in high places. Our battle is not with flesh and blood. My battle was never with any person coming out of prison. It never was. I've helped a few. Personally helped a few. But my battle wasn't with them. They needed help. Any of us ever needed help? Yeah. Okay, next one, Kim. This is 2915. Okay. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to themselves bringeth their mother to what? <laughs> how many? How many's been at Walmart's or uh, one of the stores and a child throwing fit? A fit. Does it not bring shame to the mother? It will bring shame to the father also. What's it mean when it's left to themselves? He goes directly. Yeah, he just let them go. Mm -hmm. yeah. You, you want to see kids destroy a house, just let them go. Mm -hmm. They can destroy a house. Yeah. We would have destroyed a house. My brother and I, I got a scar right here on my arm. Or my brother and I got in a fight and my fist went through the window. It went up close back and stuff. So, I mean, we didn't go to the doctor. Man, he just poked it tight, whatever, put whatever on it. Yeah, it's, it's about that wide across there. It, it, it could have had stitches. But anyway, uh, I don't think we ever told mom. We told the window got broken into our house. When I got to fight one time, my sister had one, uh, Evelyn, I'm, I'm telling this because this is what happens when the child, children are left to themselves. Mom and dad were working and we were home. Anyway, Evelyn had a parakeet and she worked hard to get that parakeet. And boy, she just loved that little parakeet. And <laughs> Willie and I, uh, Evelyn and I, Willie, we got in a fight, which we fought a lot, you know, it was. Anyway, we got in a fight and we hit the cage and knocked the cage over and when we set it up, the parakeet was hanging upside down. It had a heart attack die. So we were in trouble then for sure. But see, that's a, a child left to the self will do these kind of things, you know. And, uh, so you gotta have correction. It's hard to tell what happened to us if mom had correction. More likely, I've been in, in jail in pen. No, probably no doubt about it. Uh, she was not very happy at all. She cried. She cried a lot. But whoa, she wasn't really all that old either. Uh, I was probably seven or eight. I don't know, what and I would fight, you know. <coughs> I was going fishing one day. Now this is this I'm gonna tell you some of our, our experiences as kids growing up. I was going fishing one day, Dale wanted to go with me. Remember that Dale? <laughs> I decided Dale wasn't going with me. He wasn't big enough. So I had to ride, or, or no, I had a, a pole, just a pole. Throw it on my shoulder. Where the hook you at, Dale? In the nose. Yeah. Put Dale on the nose. Because I was trying to get away from him, so I threw that fishing pole over my shoulder to run and hooked him in the nose when I slung it over. <laughs> what doctor took that out? I can reach. Guess what happened to Wayne? 
Hey, I've done the circle down, a circle dance for a long time on the mall. I had whelped my ankles through my back. And I guarantee you, I've never done that again. But see, a child left to themselves will hurt each other. Well, I got to interrupt you, I got a good story about a cat. Me and Mother Joffrey passed over to a lot of rural day swings. And I never forget about a week before I graduated. One day I asked him, this is like two years before he passed away, was up in Kansas. And I said, you heard anything about a black rabbit? He said, never heard a story before. So it's gotta be a story. Anyway, him and Uncle Jeff, you know, used to get pet rabbits for Easter. Yeah. And they get big. Anyway, when Uncle John and Uncle Jim passed away too, they went out and broke the rabbit's leg. The mom told some people were having a chicken now. I forgot a little bit about 10 eggs, my pet rabbit. Yeah. Uh. And I asked Uncle John, he said, that story could be true. So don't feel bad about it. Yeah. I could have heard That's what I'm saying. Well, see, but we do things that we yeah. And now, when we get done these here, we're going to talk a little bit about before you use the rod of correction. Mm -hmm. There's a process before you use that rod of correction. All right, next one. That's the last one you gave. That's the last one, okay. So, in, in saying what I just said, fathers, now, we, under, we understand that there are many what we call absent fathers. You understand what I'm saying? Many, how, how do I want to say it? I want to say this and not make anyone mad or any, uh, uh, don't offend anyone, but there's, any any boy, healthy young man, or and a healthy young woman get together sexually can produce a child. They become a father, but there's a difference between being a father and a dad. Exactly. A huge difference. Now I could have fathered a lot of children, but that wouldn't make me a dad. And there's a lot of young men uh, who have our fathers, but not dads. And it comes into a point most of the time, uh, not all the time, because I, I know some single young men who have children that they take care of, which they are the father of, mm -hmm. and not from just one uh, young woman. They have children they're taking of from more than one young woman because the responsibility came back to them. 99% of the time, it's gonna be the young woman that has to take care of the child and raise that child. We all know that, don't we? Yeah. So a huge responsibility is put upon a young single woman. Where do the elderly men come in then? Before, I think, before the law got involved in Franklin, if I did something wrong at the neighbor's house, that neighbor would correct me. Yeah. Yeah. And mom and dad never say a word. If I needed a spanking at school, I got it. Mom and dad never say a word. Most time I never tell them because I get another guy on for embarrassing mom and dad at school. So, but see, now, this is where 
The Bible says elderly women train up the young women, help the young women. But first of all, the older woman has to be mature enough in her own self to help the younger. If she's not mature enough in her own self, it's chaos. Don't take offense to what I'm saying. I'm just saying what God's word says. All right, it tells the men, elderly men, if you have a child that has no father, they need, every child needs a, a male influence. Mm -hmm. Every child needs a woman influence. And young men need a woman's influence and young women need, uh, young girls need a man's influence to help them be a stable life. So that's where the fathers, who are we call men, in a church, born again men, who can nurture a child from the side that they need nurturing. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. How many, how many is, uh, I had children in this church. They, the young boys in this church had no dad at home. They had no dad at home. I, I would take them at times and I, I did one time, more than once, but anyway, there were some, there were about four young men in this church had no father to do anything with them at all, nothing. And I'd pick them up and bring them to church and stuff, and, and, and we just got to be good friends. <coughs> and one day I got to talking with them. And, and I'm saying this to the men here today. I got to talking with these young men, young boys. They were boys. I said, have you ever done this or done this or done this. And there was four of them. And they said, no, no. I said, doesn't your dad do anything? Well, he's not with us. So I ended up one day, I loaded up these four boys to me. And uh, anyway, we went down to Lake Hillside. And I took these boys down. They'd never seen the lake. You can believe this. The look on their face. How many know when you come to the old Bible dam and you come around? There's that huge lake. Pretty. Boats out there. Beautiful. And so I took them there and we looked at and went down below the dam and looked at the dam and all of what's going on in there. Went across and that's when the, the, the lake area was pretty used to use quite a bit. They had these bumper inner tubes with motors. Anybody ever seen that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. These boys. They never done. I said, y'all never. Ah, I said, let's go. And I took them and let them ride them motor, inner tubes in water with motors on it. That's what they were. They put the cars on water. Yeah. And I had blankets and, and towels and stuff because I knew we was going. I was going to let them swim and do different things. We done that. We done the bumper cars. Uh, we done the go karts. We done shuffleboard. How many members old shuffleboard down there? Mm -hmm. you, you know where you. Yeah. We just done a whole day down at the Lake Ozark in that area and brought them boys back. And I tell you, it changed them in respect for older people. Because they seen a side of an older person that they had not ever seen. Mm -hmm. And that's what God said. Encourage men to do this with young children who don't have a, a person to do it with. Now, I would not ever say for a man to take a young girl. Uh, no. But that's where older women come in. You train up a child in the way that they should go, and that's talking about their life and everything, not just for God. But if you 
bring them to know Christ as their Savior. Every one of you all that bring these children to this church back there with Judy are learning about Jesus Christ. In our Sunday school class, they learn about Jesus Christ. You are bringing a disciple. And as you bring that disciple up, training up a child in the way they're going, and when they grow old, they'll not depart from it, means that as you bring them into church and you bring them up in the nurture of the Lord, you are discipling them as a disciple. And their whole life, everything's involved in that, bringing them up and training up a child in the way that she go, and when they grow old, they'll not depart from it. Just saying no to drugs does not mean they won't do it. Isn't that the way of the world? Right. I'll just say no to drugs. Well, I tell the girls and my grandson, you don't never start, you don't have to quit. Right. Just stop thinking about anything, anything. If I had never got hooked on coffee, I wouldn't have to quit. Mm-hmm. Now I'm hooked on coffee and I'll quit and get a headache. If, if you can train a child to say, in a sense, don't ever start it. Don't just say no to it. Just don't ever start it. And bring them up in a nurture that they don't have to listen to what friends say. The, the pressure on kids today is horrendous. The only thing we had running around when I was growing up, and I'd never seen it until I got in the military, was the marijuana. It, and, you know, I, that, that was this week. How many knows when I say this week what it is? That's the old marijuana that grew wild in ditches and along the railroad tracks and all that. It, it was nothing like it is today. But when I got over in Europe, I seen all the, what Angel does, uh, heroin, crystal, uh, not meth. Yeah, they had meth over there. What else, Bruce? LSD. LSD. That was a big one. Man, Man you talk about somebody getting... Acid. Acid. But see, I was never exposed to it until I got in the military and seen it. But I, I seen what it done to life. So when I came, I never wanted to try it because I seen what happened to life. I, I, I never, uh, I never, I always got sick on alcohol. Alcohol and I just didn't get along. My dad could drink a pint, a pint without turning it down. When I was growing up, dad was, we were children, dad was not alcoholic. I've I, I seen it before. But then he got to Jesus Christ in his life. Changed his life. Mom and dad ended up divorced. But after that, mom came to know Christ as a, well, mom always did have Christ as a savior. Dad didn't. Dad came to know Christ as his savior. His life changed. Old things pass away and all things come in. Sitting in his Bible every night. Never, never went to bed without reading the Bible until he got so sick that he couldn't, couldn't read anymore, couldn't set up. See, that's how we nurture a child. Bring up a child in a way that he should go and when he grows, they'll not depart from him. <laughs> I thank God that I have a mom and a dad who came to know Christ as their Savior. And help me come to know Christ as my Savior. You instill in these kids the Word of God. He said it will not return void. That child will know about Jesus Christ when 
when the girls can't come like the Sunday school or church with us. And they're not with us. I, I'll text Melanie or call Melanie and I, I assign that. <laughs> That's a fireball. You know, I got certain rights. But I'll say, Melanie, would you read this part of the scriptures to the girls? Because they're not going to church. I said, I, I haven't read the book of John or whatever. I said, on Sunday, they're not in church, they're not with us. Would you do this for me? And they did. They read God's word as together mm -hmm. at home. The things of this world in this life are so pressing that so many don't take time to raise their children up in church. They become grandparents and not parents. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But if you can, if your child's not in church or your grandchild's not in church, you know, with the families and stuff, anytime you can, read scriptures to them, share with them the good news of Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean they're going to be perfect. It doesn't mean they're going to follow the Lord. But you have done something that God has asked us to do. Bring up a child in the way they should go. And when they grow old, they'll not depart from that. And that means everything. Everything that it takes to bring a child up. You understand what I'm saying? So have the Father say, I put a burden on you. <laughs> Happy Grandfather's Day. And don't ever quit praying for them. Our children need our prayers. Do you, do you pray for other kids? It's not your... Sure. Sure. Sometimes just as an older person, just be good to them. You know, you ever bought a candy bar or a soda for somebody, kid, somebody took down cases? They walk in, they had, I've done it. Come in, they was going to buy something. Well, they didn't have enough money. I mean, I'm talking little ones. Just barely to see. They're going to get something. They have that. And the, the, the people there have said, well, you don't have enough for it. And I say, I'll take care of it. Don't notice the child. Don't even know the child. Just show that there's goodness. How many knows about the buying the meal for the car behind you in the driveway? Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. But anyway. There's a Spirit FM out of Camden. They've got cards that you can get from them that you if you want to buy the meal for the car behind you, you give them a card, and when they pull up, the cashier will give them a card saying your meal paid for by that person, and gives them a card saying that you know a Christian and what radio station. Really, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. <coughs> so, but it, just do some kind for somebody. Oh well, when we pick him up the nursing home, we sat right back about the poor Bessie wasn't behind there, and uh, we pick him up at the nursing home every Sunday. They will pick him up and then. And a lot of times I take him home, and they'll take him home. <coughs> what do we have to do, Dale, every time? We stopped at Boo Bill at the dairy plant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he'd have a dollar. 
That's about all they let him have at the drug store. And he'd take that dollar and say, kiss old Washington. Goodbye, old Washington. <laughs> but that dollar wouldn't buy it, would it, David? No. We added to it. Never told Alan, never said a thing to word to Alan, that dollar wouldn't buy his small or shake. But see, that's just showing kindness to someone who doesn't have what they, what they need. This the pleasure of going to the Dairy Queen after church was absolutely just thrilling, Alan. Listen. A multi millionaire lost it all. But still, he's in heaven today because of kindness from this church. He showed kindness to Alan. That other people made fun of and mocked. He came to know Christ as his Savior. I'll never give up. Any questions about it? <coughs> All right. Uh, just a minute, I'm going to have you come up and play just a little bit for us. Uh, open up the altars to you. If you wish to come down and pray or come up and we'll have a few minutes of prayer. Got it. I'm just asking, how many know someone that's dealing with cancer right now? My daughter-in-law's sister, adopted sister, she's been stage four, 41 years old, a couple young kids. Uh, she's ate up in her, her body, just absolutely loaded with cancer. So, Melinda's her name. Remember Melinda in your prayers. You can't remember her name, you see. It's uh, part of Wayne's family. Bessie? Oh, Debbie Ferris's husband has a, a cyst on his kidney yeah. and it's growing. And uh, so uh, they've got to do a lot of tests on his heart and everything before they can do anything. But uh, uh, I just like to hold him up in prayer. Yeah. How many, how many's got families around this, uh, all this crazy stuff's going on? This riots and all this crazy, anybody got family in, in the area? I got some friends that are close to us, you know. So, yeah, pray for them. You know, they need God's protection. And we pray and intercede for those who don't themselves. Maybe don't think about it themselves. We can't do that. Okay. Uh, um, Monica got that call last night. My niece, Connie Price. Yeah. They rushed her to the hospital. She has a huge mass on her brain. So I don't know what they're well, Let's just pray right now. Father, put these ones with this mm -hmm. cancer and the mass the brain. Lord, first of all, if they don't know you, Christ, as their Savior, many of them do, but there's some that don't. They have no hope. Lord, help us to share Jesus with them if we have an opportunity. If we don't have an opportunity, Lord, would you send someone? And if they know Christ as their personal Savior, Lord, would you send someone alongside to encourage them and 
and, and be with them. Help them pack that burden. Just sometimes, just a sec. Help us do it. And for Melinda, Lord, two, two kids, two young children. I know that her mother, her adopted mother, knows you, Christ, as her Savior. You brought her, Melanie's mom, through cancer. You brought her through it. So we just pray right now, Lord, that your peace would come and you would help others to feel that burden and help relieve that burden. Let no one walk that path without someone caring. And we'll give you the praise for it. We ask that, Jesus, in your name. And for Dave with the cyst on his kidney, growth. And Debbie, I've talked with her, David Earl, David Williams, the family needs a lot of prayer. And Lord, as we pray for them, we lift them up today. And Pam, with her little ones, you know, with the health problems they had, Lord, we just pray for a hedge of protection around all of them. Yeah. That you would keep the virus away and the flu away and everything else that attacks the body. Yeah. That you protect them and watch over them, keep them safe, Lord. And, and all of our families that's uh, dealing with these, these family and friends that's close to these riots, Lord, and that's going on. I pray for the, the people in these riots, Lord. May Jesus Christ come to be their Savior. And, and other things would pass away. All things would come new. Yeah. And Lord, the answer for the United States of America today is Jesus Christ and you crucified. That's the answer. Jesus, you're the answer. Uh, psychologists and all of the things of the world and what they're going to do for this and do for that. The government's going to do this and this and this. That's not the answer. The answer is you, Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray for this nation. I pray for our leaders. As we pray every Thursday night, Lord, we take the time to pray for the leaders in this nation, Lord, who is forsaking God. Uh, they kicked you out of school, out of actually businesses, workplaces, and everywhere, Lord not even able to share the good news the gospel of Jesus Christ with people at work because the employers might be offended or somebody might be offended. Lord Jesus, you said uh, you didn't come to bring peace and your word is offensive. And Lord, we will offend people, but we need to tell them the truth and the good news of Jesus Christ and not compromise it. The answer to this world is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Lord, I thank you for everyone that's in here today. I appreciate them, Lord, in ways you can't imagine. So, Lord, as uh, we pray here tonight, here today, Lord, that we know that you're with us. And we thank you for it. We know that you're here. Because you live, Jesus Christ. Because you live, we shall live also. Where you are, we shall be with you. And Lord, all the signs are saying that you're coming soon. Lord, I pray for us that we would be bold in our witness for you. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Anyone else? Father, for Lauren, as she's going through these complications, 
First, I thank you, Lord, for watching over and keeping them safe. Uh, as we pray, Lord, uh, Lord, we pray for healing. Uh, we know that times there's, there's sickness and disease and stuff. But, Lord, I also know that I've, I've got testimonies of people who are sick, and I'm one of them. Went to the hospital, and then found nothing wrong. Praise your holy precious name. You are healed. And we thank you for that. Oh Lord, for Lauren, be with them in a special way. Cover them with your protection, with your love and grace and mercy. As they follow you, Lord, as she follows you. Stop Satan's attack. And we'll give you the praise, Lord. And we do ask this in Jesus' holy, precious name. Amen. Anyone else? Yeah, that's right. My oldest son, Nick. Okay. He missed the third surgery on his shoulder. He can't seem to get to stay in place. It's two months now he's missed the third surgery. Wow. And fathers, we're praying for big son here. I ask you, Lord, three surgeries, still having problems. Lord, I pray right now that you would touch his body and you do what the doctors can't do. And that's a total healing. And Lord, let him know that your hand intervened, that you are the healing hand that touched him. And to you, we'll give the glory. Jesus Christ, you came to heal. Satan came to steal. You came to take away destruction. Satan came to destroy. You came to give peace. Satan came to take away peace. But greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and grace. Amen. Anyone else? Okay. Father, we thank you for this day and as we come to you in prayer. We thank you, Lord, that uh, anywhere that we're at, we can make an offering to you. We could be driving. We could be setting. We could even be fishing and make an offering to you. Your word says to pray without ceasing. That's always be in your presence. And I thank you for that, Lord. As we leave here today, we thank you for Father's Day. Fathers of this uh, of, of, of children. And Lord, may the fathers come to know you, Christ, as a Savior, who does not know you. So their feet can be set on a solid rock. And we give you the praise for it. Bless each and every one in a special way. We ask 